Today we're concluding our series on depression, winning from the inside out. I pray that you've been encouraged by this. I pray that it's already blessed you tremendously. And uh, I pray that as we continue just to look at this thought of, of struggling but overcoming depression that God's going to use this time as we look to his word today to strengthen you and to help you. Because how many of you know that our God is able? Can you say amen to that? Our God is able. But the pain is real uh, because uh, sometimes in our lives, we all have pain. We all have sorrow. But if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Come on, sing it with me. Lean on me. Come on, sing. When you're not strong. Come on, sing. All the campus, come on. I'll help you. Oh, for it won't be long. Come on, sing. Well, just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We are. I just might have a problem. We all need somebody to lead. Come on, give yourselves a hand today. You made it through that. You tolerated it. I almost had to lean on Shannon right there. I almost called for Shannon just to come and bail me out right there. Lean on me. It's a classic. It's an oldie but a goodie. Written back in 1972, released by Bill Withers. But how many of you know that long before Bill had that idea of lean on me, God did? God knew that there would be hard times for all of us. He knew that we would need one another. Listen to what Paul writes to the church in Galatians, the church in Galatia. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, he says, carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. He says, this is how you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is it talking about, fulfilling the law of Christ? Well, as you continue reading through Galatians, you'll see that this law that he's talking about is God's expectation that we would love one another. It's God's plan for us that we would love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. And he says, this is what it looks like to carry out my plan. This is what it means to fulfill my expectation, is that you would carry each other's burdens. Maybe you're not struggling today. Maybe during this series, you haven't been the one who's needed encouragement to overcome uh, depression. You know, on any given weekend as we gather together, it's somebody's perhaps best weekend of their lives or for others, the, the worst season of their lives. We're all at different places, and, and so maybe for you, you haven't been at a place of just desperation and, and wondering, how am I going to make it? And so you're hearing this series on depression, and you're thinking that it may not directly apply to you, but can I tell you that all of us know friends, family members, people at our work, people at our schools who are struggling, and because we care, because we, we, we want to help, we want to we solve it, we want to fix it, we want to do whatever we can. But 
Sometimes we just don't know the best way to do it. Sometimes we don't know our next move. We don't know exactly how we can help or how we can actually make a difference. And so that's why today, just in our few minutes together, I want to use the acronym CARE, C-A-R-E. And I want us to look today at how we can care for someone who's struggling with depression. If you're taking notes, you can write down the first point. Number one is this, is that we would commit to pray for them. We'd commit to pray for them. How many of you understand that this is not just a casual mentioning of prayer? When someone is struggling with depression, the absolute, without a doubt, most critical thing we can do, the best thing that you can do is to pray. And not just to pray for them, but to let them know that you're praying for them. Do they have to guess that you're standing with them? Do they have to wonder if you're committed to them? Do they have to just hope or assume that you're talking to God on their behalf? Are you praying for them? And have you told them that you're praying for them? A.J. Gordon says this, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you can never do more than pray until you have prayed. Prayer is our first move because it is our best move. So prayer is where we start. It's where it begins because we believe that God is stronger than depression. We believe that when God speaks, things happen. We believe that when God demands it, serotonin levels have to change. Can you say amen to that? James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. Come on, somebody say great power. It has great power as it is working. There's power in prayer. You know someone who's struggling with depression? You wish that you could make a difference? You want to help, but you don't know how? Are you talking to the one who is above all things? Are you calling out to the one who knows no difficulty? Are you interceding on their behalf as you commit to seeking the face of God for your friend who's struggling? The first thing that we do to care is that we commit to praying. The second thing, going with the letter A, is that we would acknowledge their pain. Point number two, acknowledge their pain. I'm a little bit old school. Some of you will remember this saying. Maybe you've even uh, heard it before or you, you've said it before. But, but back in the day, if you, if you would get hurt, maybe you're playing in a sport and something would happen, you'd have a coach or maybe your mom or your dad, your grandparent, who would they say, what happened? Oh, I hurt my, my arm. I hurt my finger. And they would say, shake it off. Anybody ever heard that before? Come on, wave at me if you've heard that before. What in the world does that even mean? Like it doesn't even make any sense, does it? I think I broke my finger. Shake it off. You want me to shake my finger off? Okay. Could you get a little more specific? What are you saying? Or did you ever try it before? Your arms busted up. They say shake it off. You... Man, it's still hurting. <laughs> that didn't help. I mean, shake it off. And, and yet sometimes I'm afraid that we have that mindset when it comes to someone that's struggling with depression. We think it's as simple as saying, stop being depressed. They're sad, they're discouraged, and we say, be happy, as if it's that easy for them. 
As if someone who's struggling with despair and maybe they've lost hope and maybe they're carrying a huge weight and, and they're feeling sad, they're feeling negative, they're, they're feeling down and, and we want to say, shake it off, be happy. And on the inside they're thinking, if it was that easy, I would be happy. You see, if you're going to care for someone who's struggling with depression, we have to acknowledge their pain. We'll never help with an attitude that just says stop or just deal with it. Depression is real. The emotional weight is real. The despair is real. And if we really care for someone who's struggling with depression, we have to meet them at their point of pain. Romans chapter 12 and verse 15 says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who who weep. When somebody's carrying a burden, the way we carry one another's burdens, the way we fulfill the law of Christ is that when we say, you know what, if you're going through a difficult time, I want you to know I'm right there with you. I'm not out here with a life that's supposedly perfect and free from anything saying, just jump to me. But instead, I acknowledge your pain and I come to you. Our God is a compassionate God, and he's called us to be a compassionate people. He wants us to weep with those who weep. Rather than trying to convince them that they shouldn't feel sad, uh, rather than telling them they should just stop it or they should just fix it, acknowledge that the hurt is real. Tell them, I'm sorry for what you're carrying. My heart is heavy because of what you're feeling. Listen, I, I want you to know, I know that it's difficult. Even if you're not able to fully understand it, you may not even be able to relate to it, but you can simply acknowledge it. You want to care for them? Acknowledge their pain. Here's a, a, a third thing, and it's this, the letter R. Remember your role. If you're trying to care for someone who's going through a difficult season, maybe it's been a long season of despair. Maybe it's been a lifetime of difficulty. Maybe because of just the, 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 the chemical levels in their bodies, it's something that they face on an ongoing basis, and, and you want to step in and you want to help. I would encourage you today to remember your role. A lot of times when we know someone who's hurting, we want to jump in to such a degree that we lose sight of what our lane is supposed to be. You have to remember that, that you are not their Savior, Jesus is. You're not the healer. You can be an agent of God's healing, but you cannot do the deep work of healing that only God can do. And sometimes in our attempt to truly help and make a difference, we can become unhealthy ourselves because of such a desire and, and we have so much worry ourselves and, and to the point to where we stop caring about our own health. We lose track of where we really are. From time to time, I'll fly on an airplane to go and preach somewhere and inevitably it comes time for them to go over the, the instructions and, and kind of the safety procedures, you know, and you're sitting there and you're watching. Then it comes time for the oxygen mask. You've seen it before and, you know, they're, they're talking about it. My favorite part is when they talk about the life preserver and I'm going, man, we're going from Oklahoma City to Dallas. I think we're good. I don't think we're going to need that flotation device. But then when they start talking about that mask, if you've ever heard it before, they will tell you one of the things is before you help anybody else, First, put on your own mask, and then you can help others. If you're trying to help somebody who's going through a difficult time, battling with depression and struggling, and you find yourself giving and giving and giving, did you know you've got to be very careful that you don't yourself burn out? Because then what? 
good are you to anyone else? You have to remember your role. You say, well, what would my role look like? What could it be? Let's get really specific. One of the first things that you can do in your role is just to listen, just to be a good listener, which is a lost art in our day. We, we have a culture where people are masters at talking, masters at airing opinions, masters at sharing their stories. But the world needs, the church needs more men and women of God who just have the ability to listen. James chapter 1 and verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to, what does it say? Listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. We need to be quick to listen. Not quick to give answers. Not quick to try and fix it. Not quick to get frustrated. But quick to listen. Just having somebody who will hear you out is a big deal. Just having someone that is safe enough for you to open up to and to to share with is a big deal. Sometimes I think we underestimate the power of a good listen. Just a couple of weeks ago, my wife Casey Casey was at her wits end with with the kids. You know, we have six kids. We we homeschool our kids. And and so she's with the kids for the most part just around the clock. And and, and she had hit that point of that's enough for me for today. And and so when she started talking to me, I mean, it was just, she was just going, and then they, and then they, and then then I told them, and I said, you got to, and then, and then I was just like, what in the world? I've done all of this. She was just, she was just going. I was just, I was trying to keep up. I was just trying to track it as best I could, and I was listening, and we got down to the very end, and she looked at me, and she said, thank you. I feel so much better. I thought, I never said anything. <laughs> How many of you know there in that moment? That was the best move I could make right there, right? Because you know what was going through my mind. Well, what you should have told them was, what you should have said. Well, you know what I would have said? That was what was going through my mind. The only reason I didn't say it is because she wouldn't come up for air. And I'm glad that she didn't. I'd have stepped all up in it. What she needed in the moment was just for somebody to listen. Everybody feels better after having a good talk with a friend, especially when they're feeling depressed. Even for a non-depressed person, it's emotionally healthy to share what we're feeling, what we're processing, what we're going through. What is your role? You can be a listener. There's a second thing that you can do. You can assure them that there's hope. Remind them that there's hope. Draw their eyes to brighter skies and happier days. Hope is a powerful thing. Hope says there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Hope says it's not over. But when a person loses hope, they're tempted to lose their fight. We're all tempted to lose hope at times. And if we're left alone with our own struggles, left isolated with the lies of the enemy, We'll never find our way out of the fog because we've lost hope to even keep walking. We'll never get over the grief of losing someone that we love. We'll never get over the hurt of being abandoned or abused or neglected. We'll, we'll never get out of debt because we can't see our way out. We, we're losing hope. 
But that's where the power of a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ who does what we read in Galatians. Carry each other's burdens. This is where it comes into play. There's hope that we can bring to them. Why? Because our hope is in the Lord. It's not in the doctor's report. It's it's not in the counselor. It's, It's not even in the medication. And God can use all of those things, and God does use those things. He could use a counselor. He can use medication. He he can use medical direction and guidance. But our hope is not tied to anything in this world. Our hope is found in Jesus Christ. That's what it means to carry each other's burdens is when we remind one another, don't look to this world for your security, for your peace, for your joy. Lift up your eyes to the one who is above it all. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Why? Because they found their hope. They found their hope in the Lord. How do you help someone? What is your role is that you would remind them that there's hope. And then here's a third thing that we can do. Very, very practical. Just simply stay connected. The presence of presence. The gift of being there. The love that just shows up. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. A depressed person, a lot of times, wants to isolate and pull away. Someone struggling with depression a lot of times just wants to stay inside at the house all day, every day, and never come out. And some, that is exactly what they do. But the truth is, that's one of the worst things that they can do. The enemy wants to pull them away from the pack so that he can attack them. He wants to isolate them so that they are alone. But we can't let that happen. We have to take initiative to stay connected. And can we just be real for a second? Sometimes that is very, very difficult to do. You know why? Just by the nature of someone struggling with depression, oftentimes it makes it difficult to encourage Because a person who's going through depression and struggling with that, a lot of times they don't want to think about all the reasons why they could be and should be doing better. They're just alone in that pain. They're just feeling that. A lot of times their, their thoughts go straight to negative. Have you ever tried to encourage someone who's depressed and they wanted to keep coming back to the negative, coming back to the, That is a common uh, tendency of many who struggle with depression. And so what can happen is when you're trying to reach out and show love, but they won't receive love, this is the way I'm wired. My thought is, okay, well, if you don't want it, I'm not going to force it on you, and I will step away. When on the, the reality is on the inside, they're going, please don't leave. On their inside, they're saying, please don't give up. On the inside... They're saying, are you going to abandon me too? Listen, if we really love, if we really care, if we want to really make a difference, we have to stay connected, which does not mean that you have to smother somebody, right? 
So just because you're going to stay connected doesn't mean every day you got to ring their doorbell, right? I'm here again. Just trying to be scriptural. What you got for dinner? I'm back. Sometimes they may need a little space to where you're far enough away to where they can breathe, but close enough to where when they reach out, you're there. So sometimes it's a text. Sometimes it's a handwritten note. Sometimes it's just a word just to say, I'm thinking about you today, praying for you today. You matter to me. I love you. I care about you. Just staying connected. Listen, one of the reasons that small groups is such an incredible thing and such an important part of the life of our church is because every single one of us needs community. Every single one of us do. We need those relationships. But community groups and this this time in these small groups is not just so that I can go and have my needs met, but it is a tool so that I can bring someone who also desperately needs community connection and relationship. So the real question for me is not merely am I in a group, but am I doing everything that I can to get others into a group? One of the ways that God can use you to care for somebody who's struggling is just to say, come with me. Come hang out with some people who love God and, and we care about one another and, and we're there for each other. And, and you can stay connected that way. You may not feel like it if you're the one that's struggling. If you're the one that's battling with depression right now, going to a small group is probably one of the last things in the world that you want to do. But can I just tell you, the devil will throw every weapon he can find in hell in your way, every obstacle to keep you from getting into a small group. I want you to know that sometimes your hardest thing to do is the best thing that you can do, and that is just take that first step and just get around the body of Christ. I commend you for being here today. I commend you for tuning in online Take that next step and get involved in a small group. Why? Because while the devil has a plan to stop you, God has a plan to bless you when you get into community with his people. We need one another. Let me give you one more thing here on what you can do as you stay in your role, and that's just simply, this one's so practical but so important, it's simply that you would not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Back to that last point about sometimes it's very, very difficult when we're trying to encourage and people won't seem to receive that encouragement. When we're trying to show love and care and compassion, but it seems to be um, uh, rejected or unwanted or, or unneeded. Can I just remind you that sometimes those that we love that are struggling with depression may not even be able to express in the moment exactly what they feel or what they think or what they need. But what we just know is, is that God has never given up on us. How many of you are just thankful today that God has not given up on you? Are you just thankful for that? Are you just thankful that you're not on your own? You don't have to do it on your own and that God didn't throw in the towel on you. And listen, this is the way we, we fulfill the law of Christ. This is the way we show our love to God. It's the way we love one another. And sometimes love is best expressed by simply not giving up. 
Staying connected, staying encouraging, continuing to listen, continuing to give hope, even when it seems like there's not a response or there's not a breakthrough or you haven't seen a solution or you haven't seen the victory yet. You just keep going. Don't give up because God can use your faithfulness to sustain their faith. Well, we're at the letter E here of our, our acronym of CARE, so let me give you this fourth and this final piece, is that we would erase the stigma. That we would erase the stigma. One of the ways that we can help with our friends, our family members who are struggling with depression, is just to help them to realize that there's not something weird or bad or wrong about them because they are struggling with depression. This is something as a society I feel like we're growing in. I feel like we're better understanding what depression is all about. But for the longest time, we had a better understanding of some outward injury or some type of you know hurt that we could look and see. And, and, and some of you know that that I struggle with with intense, severe, uh, chronic back pain. But you know one of the most frustrating things about my back pain is that you can't see it. So I don't naturally just get sympathy from you. And I need some. Come on, let's just be real. I just need y'all to feel sorry for me sometimes. I just need an attaboy. I just need to keep on keeping on for some. But you don't see it. But what you do see at times is that you'll see my behavior that is a result of my pain. So I know that, that whenever I'm, I'm, I'm getting onto an airplane and, and, and my wife is lifting up my luggage instead of me lifting up her luggage, I know everybody on that plane's judging me right there in that moment. I know everybody's going, what kind of pathetic, good-for-nothing, sorry joker is that? I'm going, hey, babe, can you lift that for me right there? Can you get it? Okay, thanks. But I just want to grab the little microphone and say, I've got back pain. Hello, let, let me have your attention. Everybody, let me. For surgery. I want to tell everybody something that I carry that they can't see. There are a lot of people who are struggling with something that's not visible on the outside, but it's a mental weight. It's an emotional pain. It's something that they're carrying, but they feel misunderstood. Or they feel like that people will look at them and say, well, you just need to get happy. Or you know what? You must not have faith. Well, if you had the joy of the Lord. Well, if you're just a little more spiritual. And now because of that, they're carrying this silently because they can't even talk about it. One of the ways that we can make a difference that we can carry a, a burden and we can care for people battling the depression is just to help to remove the stigma. Yeah, there are going to be some hard days and there are going to be some hard times and some dark times, but that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. That doesn't mean that, that everybody else has it together, but you don't. We all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups that we need help with. We don't wait till we get it all fixed before we come to God. We don't get it all cleaned up before, before we come to the family of God. We don't wait till we get it all figured out before we come to the house of God. As a matter of fact, how many of you are thankful that that is what people's church is all about? That this is a place where it's okay to not be okay. 
This is a place where we say, you come just as you are. Bring all of your pain. Bring all of your hurt. Bring all that you're going through. Bring all that you're carrying. And when you come, you're going to find the body of Christ, the family of God, with arms wide open that say, you belong here. This is home. You're a part of the family. Come on in to the body of Christ. I'm so glad today that we recognize that our God is a strong God. We recognize that we're desperate for His help, that we need His help. It's an acknowledgement that we can't fix ourselves, but we come to Him because we know He's above anything and everything we'll ever face. He's a strong God. He's a faithful God. And He's established His church. He's established this church to care for people. Whether you are at one of our campuses today, whether you're here at the Oklahoma City campus, or whether you're online, I want you to know, if you're walking through a dark season and difficult season, you're carrying emotional pain, mental weight, you're just feeling the heaviness of life, maybe because you're grieving over the loss of someone that's close to you, maybe because you've recently gone through a divorce, maybe you were betrayed, Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were abandoned. Maybe somebody did you wrong. Maybe you just feel overwhelmed because of physical health realities that you're going through. It's affecting now your mental health. Maybe it's because you're overwhelmed with financial debt and, and you just feel buried by that. And because of that, you just feel like sometimes you can't even breathe. I want you to know no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're carrying, I want you to know that there is a God who is able to speak to your mountain. There's a God who's able to speak to your pain, and there's nothing too difficult for Him. And I want you to know that part of the way that God moves, part of the way that God heals is that He works through His people. And all of us, every single person hearing this talk right now today, every single one of us can become a part of God's healing plan for someone who's hurting. The question is, will we step up and do what it says we will do to fulfill the expectations of Christ? Will we carry each other's burdens? Will we step up? Will we step into that situation? And will we do whatever we can do to make a difference in somebody's life? The crazy thing is this, is that when you step out to honor God and be used by God, God will use you supernaturally to do things that you would never imagine possible. Some people, you look at their situation, you feel like they are so deep in despair, they'll never come out. Don't underestimate our sovereign God working through your encouragement, your steadfast, faithful, consistent love. Don't underestimate how God can use you as you speak life over your friends or family, as you speak hope over your children, as you speak the promises of God over that marriage. You never know how God can use you if you'll just step up and be used by Him. That's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ.